Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy friday to you we made it through another week and you're listening to kentucky roll call on friday february 10th, okay. 2023 hope you're having a great start to your day tj walker nick roush justin kalen here for the next two hours we'll make some loud banging noise in the background i mean my chair i'm gonna uh just twice break, this morning just break your chair no it's it uh my, I have one of those office chairs that you can either recline back or have it sit you straight up. And that's twice this morning that the little thing that's holding it back from reclining has given way. So maybe I am too fat for my own chair. Maybe I it's, am. It's bulking season. That's all right. If, you, if you're going to be too fat for your chair, this is the time of year to, to be too right, big you for your throw chair. Throw a sweatshirt over top. Yeah. 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 Still, big whoop. I don't know. Very, very annoying. Big whoop. Scoots, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I am uh, real good, actually. I I went to bed at, whew, I don't know, 8.45, 9 o'clock last night, so I woke up this morning feeling like a million bucks. I'm ready to go today on this Friday. I'm I'm jacked up. We got this show. I get to produce for Hoosier Report and Spears, and I got a game later tonight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to attack this Friday. Best day of the week. What, what game do you have this evening? Uh, I have got Corden taking on my alma mater. The old Eastern Musketeers. Wow. Are they going to hang a banner for Scoots on his return? Uh, so it's actually at Corden. So thank the Lord above. I do not have to go back to Pekin. I'm going to Corden uh, tonight. So, uh, See, this is where my, I got a little problem with this. I'm happy, happy to hear that you're doing so well. But it sounds like you're already biased. Oh, I'm definitely biased. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm calling the game for a Corden radio station. So... Yeah, I absolutely am biased. <laughs> Against well, how my... are we? How do we know that you're going to call a fair and honest game, uh, an honest telling of what is unfolding before us for those that do not have eyes to see? How do we know that you will be a unbiased, truthful radio play-by-play voice? That's the thing is I, I am always truthful on the broadcast. I always say, I'm not one of those play-by-play guys that, oh, people can't see. Let me just make up what's happened. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I, I don't, I just don't see a point in doing that. So I'm always honest in what's going on, but I can tell you right now, I am definitely, 
definitely not going to be fair. I am I am not going to be fair. I'm going to be hyped for Corden tonight. Get the dub over the Musketeers. Let's get it. Wow. See, I don't know. I like I don't know if one plus two equals three there. You say in that like you're gonna you always call it like you see it, but I'm not going to call it like I see it. No, I'm gonna call it like I see it. I'm just gonna have a little more inflection and excitement in my voice when it comes to the Corden Panthers, and I'll be a little more downtrodden when it's the old Eastern Musketeer scoring. That's wow. it. Okay. Uh, this is I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about it, Scooch, but you sound like you got it down pat. I'm ready. I am ready. Eastern does have a. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Eastern has a six foot ten kid, which at Eastern Beacon is absolutely massive. Maybe the biggest kid to ever go through Eastern, if we're being honest. So really excited to see him. He's pretty good. Watched him last year. Got some decent little footwork down low. But you don't always see a kid that big coming from Eastern. So really excited. What do you think the previous tallest kid was to go through Pekin? Mm, we maybe had like six, seven, six, eight prior to him. But yeah, I don't. I in my memory, we I, I don't think we've ever had a seven footer. Did they ever have any five foot six guys go through there? A couple of them, yeah. I mean, none as cool as me, but hey, oh, <laughs> Roush, what do you have planned for this weekend, buddy? Um, Frank is getting baptized uh, Sunday. So, going to be a big Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, brothers coming into town, relatives coming into town. So, yeah, um, a lot of that. A lot of that. Don't you normally tell the Godfather when the baptism is? Because I don't remember you letting me know. Well, that, that's my brother. <laughs> He's coming into town, TJ. Yeah. What? I thought he was the Godfather for Duke. No, no, no. That was uh, my brother in law. Okay. So, I got the next one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It's Roush, a little, little Carolina. Can, can you do me a favor, Roush? Let me know what color robe the uh, priest is wearing. That's that's the team I'm gonna bet on the Super Bowl. Uh, probably gonna be Eagles green because it's ordinary time. Mm, I don't like that. Never mind. Scratch that plan. Um, Wait, what? What? This biased again. <laughs> everybody's betting on the Eagles. I want to go Chiefs, just because everybody's like, betting on the Eagles. I, feel I like haven't talked more... to anybody that's bet on the Eagles. Retweet Roush. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I hear more people that are all in on the Chiefs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. We, we just must have different circles. All, all my circles are saying Eagles. Plus, I want to root against Trevor Kelsey. I think it'd be really funny if he goes all the way there and they lose. As mean-spirited as that is. So, yeah, I'm on Chiefs. Uh, it is very mean-spirited. By the way, has he talked to you all about because if he if he's reaching out to me, it probably means he's reached he's he's talked to other people about it too. Has he texted you all about that? Him going? Yes. No. 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 Have not heard from him. Okay. He he texted he was texting me last night. He was like, "So, well, give me your honest opinion. What do you think? Do you think I should go or shouldn't go?" Oh. And what do you what do you all think about it? like what do you what do you think about him being so indecisive? Because I that means able he to thinks that they're going to lose. He, he's worried they're going to lose. I haven't been able to listen to the Rutherford show as much, but what I have listened, and maybe they've come to some sort of resolution is what I'm getting at, but is when they start the show, because that's when that's when I am able to listen, It's the say, it's been like the same stuff every day this entire week, and even last week, where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I may go. I'm planning on probably going. I think I'm going to leave on Friday and, and go. Uh, should I go? I'm not so sure if I should go. And then every day they do a ticket price update. Ticket prices are coming down, but it's still 
for for whatever reason, he's more concerned about like a hotel than he is ticket prices, which doesn't really make sense to me because if you're willing to just drive to Arizona on a Friday for a game on a Sunday and then come back afterwards driving, which is not, you know, it's not like just driving down to Nashville or something like that. Like, wouldn't you be able to just drive three hours away from Phoenix and like find a hotel after the game for probably a pretty decent price? I wonder Uh, what the, uh, I'm not great at Arizona geography, um, but I am curious what, like, is, is the, the time I have been to Arizona, it was, I drove from Phoenix to Flagstaff and I feel like the, the big cities are few and far between. So I wonder what even is the most nearby on the way, decent sized town where you could get a decent hotel rate? It would have to be in New Mexico and Albuquerque, I would imagine, looking at the map. I mean, yeah, that's that's they're... probably a solid four or five hours away. True. I mean, true. you could drop a little south and go to Tucson, and that gets you a little more east, but... But you're also going out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's well, interesting, yeah. though. I didn't know he was contemplating not going. Every time I've heard him on the Rutherford Show, it's been, oh, I'm going to the Super Bowl, we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're going to stick it to Papa Reed, blah, blah, blah. So that's yeah, it's a that's a new development for me. I'm really that's kind of crazy. Which it's it would be the smart thing to not go, right? It would it be the smart thing? I mean, the there's no good that can come out of it. That's the way I see it. The last Super Bowl he went to, his team was able to get it done. What if he goes this time and they don't get it done? I I just I don't see any good that can come out of it. Well. I think the other part, too, that you could live with, TJ, is that if he doesn't go and then they lose, you could say it's all your fault. And you were, if you were there, then maybe they could have won. Also you, true. Scooch, Scooch, you don't see any good that can come out of it? I mean, you can win a Super Bowl, but, I mean, it, you got to – when you add the, I don't know, what, 16, 18 hours worth of driving just to get there, and then you got to do the same thing back home. Is a win really worth it when you can sit on your couch, be lazy, smoke all the cigarettes and other stuff you want, and see a win? Like, it, I don't know. For me, it's an easy decision. I'm not going. Interesting. I, I don't I don't like your outlook. Uh, so naturally, when you texted me, Roush, I just made up. Um, well, I didn't make it up. But just I wanted to bring up like a random Bible story just to, you know, mess with them a little bit. So I said, this reminds me of the lesson learned in the story of Potiphar's wife, which, Roush, are you familiar? Uh, I'm not familiar with Potiphar's wife. You, you, you don't know that, that part of the Bible? No, because, um, no. Um, um, apparently it's real, though. I thought you were just making it up. No. Oh, so this is from uh, Joseph in the Technical or Dream Co. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Potiphar's wife is the woman that tries to seduce Joseph, oh. and then and then Joseph's like, "Well, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing here." Joseph, real tough go of it. His brother sell him into slavery, all because he's got a cool coat, and then gets into slavery. Gets a pretty sweet setup for what I would imagine would be the slave life back then, and then the wife comes on to him. He ignores her advances. She gets all bent out of shape about it. Says that, you know, he was trying to come on to me. And he's like, that's not true. And then, you know, he gets in a whole world of trouble because everybody's listening. Nobody's going to take a a slave's opinion. 
But anyways, I told him, uh, I just said, there's lessons to be learned in that story, Trevor. Uh, and hopefully he, he looked it up and read it for himself and was like, well, this has nothing to do with my situation whatsoever. But maybe he also got to reading a little bit because I think the more reading that guy does, the better for him all around. But I said, Trevor, the, the, the moral of the story is you got to take advantage of something when it's presented to you. And <laughs> Which I think is the opposite of the moral of the story. I, but, you know, if Joseph was going to get in trouble for it to begin with, maybe he should have just, you know, said, all right, whatever. You know, done a little smoochy smoochy with Potiphar's wife. If he was going to get blamed for it anyways... So the moral, so the, the long connection, the long road to the moral of the story for Trevor is you may as well go. You don't know when the Eagles are going to be back in the Super Bowl again. You don't know if you're going to be alive when the Eagles are back in the Super Bowl again. Just go. If you end up not being able to get a ticket or you can't, or the prices aren't what you're looking for, well, then you have a funny story of driving across the country for the Eagles in the Super Bowl and you end up not going inside the game anyways. You'd still have fun. He'd still get into more shenanigans than he would if he just stays in town. If he stays in town, he's not going to be leaving his house between Friday when he gets home from the Rutherford show until he leaves for the Rutherford show on Monday. You have a chance to go on an adventure or you have a chance to stay home and regret it for the rest of your life. He needs to go. He needs to, if, he, if he's really serious about going, which it sounds like he is, then he needs to just get in the car and go. Because he'll have he'll have more fun, he'll have a better memory of the whole ordeal if he does it versus just sitting on his butt, smoking cigs inside the house, and he'll regret it just like Jacob did in the story of Potiphar's wife. I, I would just be much more likely for him to go if he could just fly. You know, it, it's like it cuts your travel time, and I don't know, it cuts what three quarters off your travel time. If you fly, but the guy won't fly because he can't go six hours without smoking a cigarette. But I, I think if he was flying, I, it's an easy decision. Yeah, go. Driving makes it sketchy for me. Don't don't go. Uh, he's like John Madden and Royce White. He's scared of flying. Yep. yep. Uh, Got to be in control. Got to be in control. We'll see what he decides to do, though. But you do have the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, it, worst comes to worst, fellas, if we run out of things to talk about, we can do what every other radio show in the history of radio shows does and just read Super Bowl prop bets and say if we like them or not. Uh, we're not going to do that. We can maybe just say, like, oh, we I'm can do one. it if we have to fall back on it. I do. I do think it's smart if we each say one prop bet that we like at the end of the show. Uh, we we could do that. We we could have a double dip KRC parlay for this weekend. Yeah. One on Saturday and then one on Sunday, and the one on Sunday could all be Super Bowl centric, which would be, which would be a lot of fun. Let's the, do it. The big game is this weekend. Remember, Salsaritas, they will make your big game viewing experience that much better and that much more delicious with wildly addictive chips and well seasoned meat. Their catering packages, they let you decide what you want, which is always a lot of fun. When they set it up, I've done it several, several times for different events and different parties. Uh, you want to make a quesadilla, they, they give you all the tools to do that. If you want to make a super loaded burrito, you can do that as well. Tacos, it'll be up to each individual guest. Salsarita gives you the power to choose what you want to eat with all their delicious options. Check out their catering. You can do it all from the touch of your phone on the Salsarita's app. Two locations in Louisville. Middletown and St. Matthews. Keep them in mind. No party too big, no party too small. 
for Salsaritas catering. But uh, where's your all's excitement level on the Super Bowl this season, the old Super Duper Bowl? Um, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty excited because it feels like there's a lot of like, I I feel like we're going to get a decent game. Um, but the closer we get to the game, the more and more confident I am in the Chiefs. It's just the Eagles have been untested to this point. They they played a a team with a really bad defense in the New York Giants, and they just scored. They just lit them up in the first half and put it in cruise control. And then they played a team without a quarterback uh, who was doing wing T for three quarters, basically, in the championship game where uh, the, the Chiefs had to play a high Jacksonville team with Patrick Mahomes injured, found a way to overcome adversity and win. Uh, and then they played the Bengals, who were probably, I, I think they were 9-1 and one through their last 10 games up to that point. Uh, and Joe Burrow, uh, like they, they had to win some really tough games. Uh, they've been here before with a lot of these same pieces. And I just trust Nick Sirianni uh, and Jalen Hurts a lot less than I'm going to trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this situation. So I'm feeling more confident in the Chiefs in this game. Um I, I, but I do think it'll be a good one, and um, so yeah. If I if I was going to go scale of one to ten, I'm at a, I'm at an eight. I'm at an eight. I'm I'm excited to watch this game. I'm a little higher than that. I got I'm about a nine, nine and a half. I I really wow. wow. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game, and it's kind of been weird for me the two weeks leading up to this game because we haven't gotten like the shove it down your throat media coverage for it. I don't feel like that we've gotten years past. So it's it's been weird because I've almost forgotten about the Super Bowl, but now yeah, that it's Friday and this whole week it's it's started to pick up a little bit the steam towards the game, but yeah, now that it's Friday, I I am hyped. I'm ready to go. I, I'm like you, Roush. I'm getting more and more confident on the Chiefs. They just they just have the better playmakers in my opinion. So we'll we'll see what happens, but really looking forward to it. TJ, where are you at? I hope it's not all Chiefs, TJ, because then we're just. No, Eagles. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win, uh, and I love I love the over under number fifty one. That thinks uh, there should be a lot of scoring. Although between these two teams, you would think that there is going to be a lot of scoring. I don't know. I, I, once Green Bay's out of the hunt, the, my excitement level can only reach a certain level. So, like, yes, there's only probably been one Super Bowl in my adult watching lifetime that I've been incredibly excited about and then there's just I can't like I can't get over to a certain hump when it's not my team in it uh, which you think I'd gotten used to at this point but but I'm but I'm not but that being said like last Sunday when there wasn't any football on any real football on I was like ah man I wish we had the conference championship games mm-hmm. on like last week or I wish the Su- I wish the Super Bowl was today so once I get to actual Sunday I'll I'll start getting the itch a little bit more. Like, ooh, I'm I'm ready to watch some football. One last football game, uh, for a long, long time, for many, many months, and I'll I'll take it all in and I'll get pumped about it. But like today, you know, six, six and a half, seven, yeah, yeah. See, for me, I don't even think the storylines are all that cool. To be honest with you, the brothers, brothers is pretty cool. Andy Reid versus former team. That that's the only one that I think is like semi interesting. But he's been gone so long. If it would have been like the year after or something like that, it'd be a different story. I mean, but Lane Johnson, he drafted Lane Johnson. The him Fletcher the, Cox. The brother story is interesting, but we all know how that's going to get covered. We're already probably a little bit annoyed with like, 
we'll see the mom and we'll see the split jersey and Ooh. it'll be a great time. And you know, Okay, well, that. how about this storyline? Uh, Jason Kelsey's pregnant wife and OBGYN that will be joining them in the stands. Uh, they're, really? That's funny. Is she that close to delivery yeah. time? Yeah, she's uh, like eight and a half. Eight, yeah, she, she's eight months in, so it's pretty close. I, see, I mean, I guess you're you're siding, you're airing on the side of caution by having the OBGY in there. But like, what what are the odds that you know, there's going to be a big play and she's going to be like, oh no, there goes my water. I'm glad you were here. Coach me through this. Well, I, I will. So this is child. This is uh, um, the I think their third child um, because I saw a video of the post-game celebration. I think they had two. I was shocked at how quickly second baby came. They always, you know, it's like you broke broken a seal. So with the way security is around, like it, it's probably, I mean, better safe than sorry. And if you're going to be making a bonus of like a million dollars or whatever it might be for winning the Super Bowl, it's, 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 I think it's worth it to just pay the extra. Use one of your tickets uh, for your wife's doctor, just in case. Because wouldn't that be a wild story? Like they had to take him to the medical center of the stadium so she could have this baby. Yeah, that's even cooler. Like that, if that's what they should be kind of rooting and hoping for, uh, first baby ever born at the Super Bowl that people yeah, would know with about. Winning pop pop. And TJ said, "There's no storylines." Well, that, that I, I to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I did not know that. I did not know that there was about to be a baby born at the Super Bowl. Give me a prop bet on that. <laughs> Give me a prop bet on that. It would probably be plus like 400, I would think. 400? It, it better it would, be higher than that. I, I mean, but she, she's awfully close to being pregnant. Well, it sounds like she already is pregnant. That part already <laughs> happened, it sounds like. It's like the promotion that Cracker Barrel's doing, where if you get engaged at a cracker barrel you have like a one in five chance or not a one in five chance they're going to select five people that get engaged at a cracker barrel and one of those people or five of those people are going to get free cracker barrel for a year what that's not a good enough deal no kidding engaged at a cracker barrel no yeah. kidding. i was thinking that they would win like a honeymoon exactly or something. yeah like may- maybe that but free crackle cracker barrel for a year it may I- be I wouldn't be some cracker barrel but you always eat Cracker Barrel when you're out of town or something, or you're on the road. Like, I'm not driving over to the Cracker Barrel by the stadium because I just got a hankering for some Cracker Barrel. It's just not a not a thing. My wife said people at UofL would get Cracker Barrel, like, for breakfast every so often. I, and but I, I, I agree with you, Roush. Like, yes, I'm not going to Cracker Barrel unless I'm on the road, and it's just a place that you know what you're getting where – the alternatives are like just fast food places or, you know, I don't know what this place is. Right. You know what you're getting from a Cracker Barrel. It, well, and, and I could see a breakfast near campus. I mean, we did that sometimes at UK where we would go out to the Cracker Barrel all the way out in uh, Hamburg just because it was like, all right, let's do something different. Um, but still, a free Cracker Barrel for a year. They're jipping you. They're really jipping you with that, that ordeal. I, I don't know that I would do that for Bob Evans, and you all know how I feel about Bob Evans. <sighs> It would be completely different though if it was Thornton's. I would, I, I'd say, Brooke, listen, I love you, honey. This is going to be worth it. Let's let's get hitched <laughs> and let's start our love story at Thornton's. The Thornton's promotion. What would Thornton's do? Just free Thornton's for a year? That would be dangerous. 
everything in the, the store. Gas. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's basically like a little shopping center, so you could get all that. That would be worthwhile. Gas, snacks, beer. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. You could really make your money go far. Uh, Thornton's is not doing that promotion. So, as far as I know, if you get engaged or proposed inside of Thornton's, uh, you're just making a good business decision. Is exactly. all I can, is exactly. all I can tell. I don't know if, they, if they'll throw in anything extra, but we went from having a baby at the Super Bowl to Cracker Barrels promotion to now talking about a hypothetical at Thornton's. But if you did have a baby at the Super Bowl, would you get to like free tickets to the Super Bowl for life? Because then at that point, you're gonna you're gonna be promote. You're gonna people are gonna be really trying to have babies at Super Bowl. The baby should get tickets for life. Not the mom or the dad, just the baby. Oh, good call. Good call, Scoots. Uh, I think it should be if you can prove that you made the baby at the Super Bowl. When, <laughs> you know, then nine months later, because at that point, it, it, that that's a much easier act than actually doing the whole delivery. Well, that was like the uh, that old uh, Super Bowl commercial where it was all of the babies named after players from the Super Bowl, you know, years later. Oh, I, I did not. I, no, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was like an NFL that. commercial. And so like, you know, they had people named, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with like uh, Joe for Joe Montana. Right. Or like, Oh, there's a little Tommy for Tom Brady. Like th- they went through all the Super Bowl babies. That that was a commercial. Uh, not, not, Maybe um, it wasn't that long ago. Wasn't that long ago. Speaking I do. Or go ahead, Scooch. I was just going to say, speaking of commercials, that's one part of Sunday I'm really looking forward to. I've been at a Super Bowl party the last three years, and I know the commercials haven't, or they've kind of steadily gone downhill, but last three years I've been at a Super Bowl party and haven't really gotten to pay attention or watch the commercials. I'm going to be at home this year, so really looking forward to that part of the game as well. Oh, you didn't get invited to a Super Bowl party this year. No, wasn't cool enough this year. The German Beer League isn't doing anything? No. Nope. <laughs> I figured they'd, they'd put one on for the Super Bowl. It's American oh, football. They like real football. Well, that's the flip side, is that this year we we normally don't do anything too big. Or maybe we have. I don't, you know, I don't remember. Everything, you, your memory changes once you once you have a kid. But... We are doing a Super Bowl party this year. We're not ho- we're not hosting. Otherwise, it'd just be Salsarita City. But we're going to one. And Rash, that's the thing. We don't really know what to do. What how the baby's going to impact it all. Oh, it's it's going to wreck it. Um, just yeah, it yeah. because the Super Bowl doesn't start till like thirty minutes before bedtime. So you're yeah, already it's not not a great. So our our plan is to like ideally get to halftime, watch the halftime show at the party, and then come back afterwards. Oh no 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 no! It, it, other way around, and I know your my, wife might get disappointed because that might be her favorite part. But I think you just have to have it recorded at home, and then you can watch the halftime show. That I, I don't know, but usually, yeah, that that's I haven't really watched that many halftime shows live as of late because that's it's like all right, let's get out and go because it's such a long halftime that you're not going to miss much of the game. In like you, this you can watch the halftime show on your phone almost immediately. Um, so yeah, it, that is the one downer with, uh, the whole, uh, addition of babies right now. They got to be a little bit older. So once they get older, you can just keep them up late. Uh, so by the way, that commercial, it was Super Bowl 50 and they had, uh, they had 49 year olds from the Packers first Super Bowl seal oh. singing kiss by a rose. Um, so yeah, 
Oh, I didn't. I, I don't remember the commercial. 2016. Uh, I remember ESPN doing a story when we were kids, and it was about a bunch of kids that were named like Espen. ESPN. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Gosh. Is, what idiot parents? It'd be a the, nightmare. Called CPS. That that is yeah. cruel. cruel. Hopefully, they had a decent over. middle name that they could go by when they got older, where it could just be E dot, you know, George. E George yeah. Roush, not yeah. Espen. Goodness gracious! But, but yeah, I, good, I, good. I think what will end up happening is it'll with like five minutes left in the second half, Roush will probably be like, "All right, we need to get home so we can put baby down and then watch the half halftime show." Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, we at least the Super Bowl party that we'll likely be attending is a block away, so that part is at least convenient. But uh, I don't know. I the, to go back to our original question about excitement levels, uh, on a since I, I got the ba- baptism happening, got a lot of excitement happening for the kids that day. Uh, Frank just forgot how to sleep. That that part, I've, I've got a little anxiety about that part um, because you get tired kids, and then you they just they can really throw a wrench into everything. So who knows what's going to happen? That that's kind of my uncertainty with with Super Bowl Sunday this year. Well, it's uh, we'll we'll do some prop picks later on and help everybody get rich, uh, but it's not the it's the big game, but it's not the biggest game for KRC folks for this weekend because the basketball season truly feels like it's on the line when mm-hmm. UK heads down to Athens for its repeat game against the Bulldogs. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We'll read your text on the Thornton sex line. This is KRC on the Big X. We'll be right back. We, there, there's not an appetite for casino gambling in Kentucky, but please give us our penny slots back for the lot. We need them. God, do we need them? <laughs> Go on, take money and run. Go on, take money and run. Go on, take money and run. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Scoops, I don't know why you're trying to get me all riled up. I just I just picked a random rejoin. I'm not trying to get you riled up. There's no need it's to get there's no need to get riled up. Nothing's gonna change, no matter what we say, until you get Damon Thayer out of office. So we all know that's the case. No need to get fired up over it. It's a great rejoin, but I'm I'm already fired up here on Kentucky Roll Call seven to nine Monday through Friday. Replay the show nine to eleven. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. You can always tell your Alexa, play Big X Sports Radio. Easy way to listen and hands-free. Always a good time. Uh, he just does this stuff. He know, they, they know what they're doing. He, he was tweeting out yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, just talking about how the purses for horse racing in Kentucky is so much better since they've gotten those slot machines and his goal of having the best the best purses in horse racing for the state of Kentucky, they're still chugging towards it, and they'll get there someday. It's just so infuriating because it's like if those little penny slots, if the slot machines that you all 
moved heaven and earth to make sure that they're legal in the state of Kentucky basically overnight. If those things could help the purses, imagine other forms of gambling, you dweebs. But the horse racing industry doesn't tell them to to push those, so they don't get pushed. Yeah, TJ, you're right. Sorry, listeners, I shouldn't have played that rejoin. My bad. Yeah, you know what you're <laughs> doing. Uh, and then just the other day, he's tweeting out about how there you're already seeing a benefit from from the historical racing slot machines that are just slot machines, but we're going to lie to everybody and tell them that they're they're not just slot machines, Roush. I um, it's semi-related, but I did listen to. Uh, Robert Stiver's interview yesterday after the show um, with Tony and Dwight. Loved, loved Dave just getting classic Dave Smarm in there whenever Stivers would talk about the complications of getting it done, whether it be medical marijuana or uh, sports gaming. And he was like, oh, so all the states around us can't figure it out or can figure it out, but we can't. That was hilarious. It was oh, hilarious. It was so, it, and it was, and I appreciated that he didn't like try to like church it up either. Like he was very smarmy with it. Like, oh, so thirty nine other states n- n- can figure out medical marijuana, but we can't. We're not smart enough to. No, yeah, well, that was great. But when he was just like, well, I'm, I'm glad that you all are are looking out for us. All these other places, they they are doing it and they're successfully doing it. But you guys know what's best for us, and I appreciate you all looking out. Just super snark, snarky, uh, really sarcastic, which I'm always a big fan of. And they were going after him. They were they were not really picking up the BS that Stivers was throwing down. That being said, it didn't stop Stivers either from just kind of talking, doing his talking points. Uh, I've read a study, and it's bad. And because I read that study, I am against it. Well, what about a million other studies that say it's not bad and other states that are doing it? Yeah, well, you know, I'd have to read those studies. I, I just can only go off the one that I've gone off of. Uh, just a clown. And when you get these people talking, I'm surprised any of them ever talk. And I'm glad that they do, but I'm surprised any of them ever talk because when they do, they just come off as so hypocritical. Uh, yeah, that was great. Good, Well done by the 840 fellas to... To, to make that interview happen and then for it to really not make Stivers look so good because he's just defending dumb positions. There's no, there's nothing he can say to make himself look good. Puts him in a pretty tough spot. So if you haven't heard that, I would, I would recommend, of course, after Kentucky roll call, I'd recommend checking that out. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. We have a big Thornton's text line, which is good yep. stuff. And we also need to check out, uh, let's at least touch on the basketball game for tomorrow. Works for me. Yeah. Some, some some degree, they're tough to talk about, and I'm not. This is maybe a little hyperbolic because, but it has been an issue this season more than we'd all care to admit. But it's tough to talk about the game because who who knows who's going to be the random scratch before? Who's is? Do are we assuming Wheeler's going to be back? I would hope so, uh, but. Is anybody else banged up? Any other tweaks in practice? And you know, it, it's it's tough to say exactly who's all going to be out there for UK. But the stakes are ginormous in this game. You're and when you think about the Georgia game at Rupp Arena, obviously you think back to Oscar Sheboy, uh, totally dominant performance. It's just wild that you have a player that can put up those numbers and do the things that he did against the Bulldogs, who were just playing him one on one and weren't going to really. They were they were making life a little bit easy for him, if we're being honest. Uh, 
but you can go from having that dominant performance to doing what he has done or the lack of production over the last few games. Roush, hopefully this could be a get well game for Oscar, but I I don't think we should expect 37 and 24 tomorrow at noon. And that's why I'm worried. Um, because the thing about that Georgia game, if you remember, is that it was pretty close at half. And then Oscar just like was like, I'm taking this game over and I'm going to dominate. Um, and I'm not saying that's the last we've seen of dominant Oscar Shibway. He's certainly played well since then. But the that, that that's the part in this game where he should be able to dominate, but he has just not been himself at all. So I, I don't I don't know what we're gonna get from him. Um and you know, John Calipari said the other night, like the reason why he didn't take out uh the reason why he didn't take him out of the game the other night for Collins was because it was about bigger than than that game. We need to get Oscar right. And, I mean, th- this should be the opportunity to get right. I just hope that he mentally is like, – I, I don't I don't know where he is at mentally. And I think that's just as equally as difficult to handicap and in, uh, not only the physical health of this team, but mentally just where is Oscar Shibway? Um, because it's it's, it's it's unlike anything – we've ever seen uh, with him over the last two years. And the 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 other, like, th- that was the given, TJ. When you were handicapping teams, he was the one guy you knew what you were going to get out of him. Now, I don't, is there one player on this team where you know exactly what you're going to get from them when they step on the floor? Cason Wallace, you know, you're going to get a good defender. You know that he's going to, be able to do some good things offensively too. But from a defensive standpoint, I think he's a sure thing. Yeah, okay. And that's that's also if he's healthy, which um, that's fair. That's totally you know fair. uh offensively he's gotten better, but you you still aren't I it, there's the inconsistencies with this team. They that's what has me worried about going down to Stegman on Saturday. No, I think that's it's totally fair. And if you're worried about needing to keep Oscar Sheway mentally involved and hoping that he can stay in, you know, keep his focus where it needs to be. I, I think you risk losing the entire team if, if 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 you lose, if you don't beat Georgia like you should. This Georgia team is not good. There's no reason really that you should have had the bad first half you had against them in Lexington when you had when you did have that game. But if you if you lose this one, Coming off the home loss to Arkansas on Tuesday, uh, at that point you will definitely have be will be on the wrong side of the bubble. You'll have to pull several upsets to finish the year to get back, most likely on the right side of the bubble. I would worry about losing the entire team if you lose this game tomorrow down in Athens. You you need to just take care of business. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care how it looks. I don't. I I do I do agree with you that like if. Oscar has just another dreadful game like he has the last two weeks or the last two games, not the last two weeks, but not getting too far off from the two week milestone for Oscar. I do, I do think that you would have some concerns about what that will mean for him going forward, how much you play him, how the minutes break down. Those are all conversations that I think would definitely need to be had if he doesn't play well tomorrow. But if you still win, and Oscar doesn't play well, at least you can still be like, we can we can still figure this out as we go along. 
uh, and maybe everybody else will be engaged. Maybe CJ and Reeves have a good game. If, if you win, there could be something else positive you could say or build off of and then still worry about Oscar as you go along. Maybe Collins, you finally gave him a chance and he did some good things, and I don't think that's that's totally impossible. But if you lose, yeah, you may have some Oscar problems, but I think you're going to have an entire team problem, and you'll, for all intents and purposes, I don't want to say the season will be over-over, but you'll be in a pretty dark spot in terms of postseason aspirations. You beat Georgia, then... It's not gonna. You're not gonna move up in the in the rankings or the standings, but at least you'll you'll stay level. Won't be anything too drastic. So you just gotta win for the really the big outlook of the entire season. You just have to find a way to win. Uh, Georgia definitely is going to double team. That's the interesting thing, though. If you're Georgia, you're probably like, look how poorly this guy's playing. If there's ever a time that we can maybe just do single coverage. But there's no way you can look at it. it their, their whole plan will be, look what he did the last time. We're shutting this guy down. We're not going to let him single-handedly beat us. So what that will mean, the other guy's got to step up. Uh, we know that Wallace will be consistent. Hopefully he'll cut back on the turnovers. CJ and Reeves, is this a game for you all? Toppin, can you get it going? Uh, he had a double-double against Georgia the first time, but was obviously second fiddle to Oscar. Can Livingston keep building on some decent performances? He seems to be coming along. I don't care who it is, Roush, but other people are going to need to step up. They're not going to let Oscar do it by himself this time. I'm not sure, so sure I'd have confidence in him being able to do it by himself as is with the way that he's been playing. So my message to everybody else, be ready. Do not let the season come to an end down in Athens. Nope, nope. You um... – because I think that could happen, right? Um, I, I I don't have it in front of me, but I believe this is the quad three game, which you just – at this point of the year, not only can you not afford that, but, like, you can't – you just – you can't do that. Like, you can't drop that at this, at this time of the season. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, it is technically a quad two game as of right now. But – Man, it, it's just it's so important to get some confidence, regain some confidence in this game because to get beat like you got beat at home mentally, that, that's that's hard to get up off the mat uh, following. So, um, I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous. It just it, at least it's a noon. I'm not going to be waiting around all day for it, but I'm I'm nervous about it. Yeah, it's going to be a quad two game, and I, I doubt it would drop below that. So that's. That's the good news, but from an eye test standpoint, from just a perception standpoint, you lose this one, you're in big time trouble. Uh, you win it, it's not like I mentioned, it's not going to do you a ton of favors, but that's fine. It's just a game on the schedule that you need to win. You can turn your attention to the Mississippi State game on Wednesday, which that will be one where if you do win, that's a big deal. That that will be really beneficial for you. If you do lose Mississippi State, if you lose to them. It's not good, but I don't think it totally and completely sinks your season. Um, but you got to get to that point. And uh, loss to Georgia, then you're you're talking pretty much must wins in um, at least all the home games and probably one more road game. So you don't want to get to that point. You don't want to get to that point. You got to take care of business. Georgia's fourteen and ten. They've been terrible in the SEC. 
They're coming off a loss to Ole Miss, a, a team that you just beat down at their place. You made it look relatively easy. There's just, there's no, I think we've all kind of had our, we're all starting, I don't know what's the right word. Our expectations for this team continue to change. There we go. But mm-hmm. a loss to Georgia, and you just throw it all completely out the window. Um, it, it'll all be over at that point. So let's not do it. Take care of business. Yeah, get back on track. Look a lot better than you did at Arkansas. Show a lot more fight than you showed, especially there in that second half. And just take care of business, and, and we'll be able to, to exhale. Cool. I hope I hope yeah. I hope they can do it, Roush. But I think I, if anybody can kind of tell our tone, we're all pretty nervous. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if you couldn't feel it, the anxiety already building, then uh, I don't I don't know what else to tell you. Whew. Let's read some text on the Thornton sex line. Let's do it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number. You text it in. We read it here on the show. Um, it's almost as exciting as stopping in on the Thorntons to get your day going the right way. The first texture says everyone should listen to this. Oh, oh, I think we already read that one. The Stivers interview. Oh, but they're making fun of him, so we'll do it anyway. Never heard a more clueless guy in my life. Absolutely loved how they grilled him and didn't let him dance around anything. A-plus interview, especially about medicinal devil's lettuce. Yep, it was great. It's oh, great. It really was. Especially when he just, like, wouldn't answer, and they were like, all right, we need an answer. I'm not for it. Like, okay, thank you for just... You could have just said this from the beginning, but it's a politician. Politician. I don't uh, have an appetite for it. I've got no energy for the sports betting, but I I won't stand in the way of that. Uh, this is also just, I'm definitely standing in the way for saying like six million dollars. That's just a rounding error. It's like you're you're trying to get more money and you're trying to cut costs everywhere, but you don't want to add more money. And the other line of thinking was, if it's so easy, then why don't you just do it? Right, like it's, it takes such a little work to add money. Why wouldn't you do it? it, it yeah, just, the money aspect always gets really annoying. Like, yeah. it, 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 you hardly would even notice it, but but we may notice it. And so also, like, if you're talking about margins, um, the Kentucky Lottery says four billion dollars in education. I mean, that's four billion since the '80s. So I, I'm, you know, how bad I'm at math. You heard me yesterday, but like that's not. Year by year, that's not a ton, but it adds up over time. Same with sports gambling. Even if they're trying to work with a 7% margin, if you take 2% of that, I'm sure they'll still make money off the five. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, and, and, and these people are the ones. And, and it all comes back to, like, Robert Stivers. He was an old political hack when my dad was working for the state. Um, he retired in 2005, and Robert Stivers is still there. So... The thing is, and there is truth when these people say this, there's some truth to it. It's obviously exaggerated because they're politicians, but when they're like, yeah, you know, I get it. You hear about it in these big cities like Louisville and Lexington, but you get out in the state and people just don't, they don't care. There's no appetite for it. And there's obviously some truth to that where it's like people out in the state that listen to Kentucky Roll Call, you all need to be the ones that are really hammering your politicians the people that you all are voting for, that you have a chance to vote for. Because a lot of these people, we don't have a say. You know, people in Louisville, we don't have a say. We can't vote them out of office if we want to. We can talk about them, make them kind of look like goobers. But, like, you know, even if you're like, well, you know, I'm not voting for the other party, then primary them. 
you, there, there are, there's got to be other candidates. Uh, I know all that's easier said than done. These people are pretty established. I, I get that. But race hell. You know, if, if these are the people that are representing you, if you're their constituents, you need to let your voice be heard. Um, I, I get it. It may not be a point of emphasis in the other parts of the state, but this is gonna it's gonna help everybody. High tide raises all boats here, folks. Mm-hmm. And a big uh, we we know one of those politicians out in the state that would be for gambling. Kentucky Nick, you think you think he's anti gambling? No, not a chance. Yeah, so he he's all he he's in. He's all settled in. Yeah, he's, he's in the world. house. I don't know what his committees are or anything like that. Um, but you know, it takes a little like when they talk about the majority caucus. He's like, well, if you got a majority in the caucus, and it's like, well, those are all the old farts like you that have been there forever. <laughs> you know, it's the same. Yeah, and in that interview, he's like, you know, if the majority wants it, then it's going to get done. It's a, it's a strict numbers game. It's like nobody's buying that either. Like yeah. I can imagine, the, just like you do have the numbers, but you all get in your little caucus closed door meeting, and you're like, yeah. folks, this will be. I know y'all may think you want it, but this will be bad news because blah 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 blah. I mean, it's crazy. It's corrupt. It's yeah, a, it, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a corrupt uh, system. Uh, and also, shout out to Dwight for enlightening me that they're anti-medical marijuana, but the Republicans took a million bucks for facility expansion. <laughs> what do we got next on the text line? John here. Good Thursday. Well, Friday, John. Wow, is Kevin Rand flying too close to the sun, or will he make a great fit for Mr. Booker and company to win a championship? Hey, when Jimmy Dykes talks basketball, I feel like he's not completely true or making any sense. He reminds me of baby Billy Freeman, and they look different, but what he serves out of his mouth is a poop sandwich. Thanks, Frank, for that one. Man, it would be awesome to see new seasons, but always Sunday, sunny in the righteous gemstones. Do you agree? Well, got to go. Talk to you later. Is that baby Billy's last name, Freeman? I guess it is, because Freeman's Gap, yeah. Um yeah, that's going to be exciting when that comes back. That's uh, always sunny. I wonder if they're going to be – they did a Super Bowl episode last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. Uh, no, but I didn't watch any of the most recent season of Always Sunny. It just kind of has fallen off the radar for me, unfortunately, which a lot of people will be like, that was five years ago, six years ago. For yeah, me. and that's just anything with when a show has been on that long. You just kind of – Except for South of, Park, they had a very wild episode on Wednesday. See, and that's South Park for me. I'm just kind of like, eh, just doesn't not not the same as it was it used to be. Yeah, they 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 started making fun of the left, and Roush says, "I'm out, can't take anymore." <sighs> I, I did hear they, they made fun they, of Kanye a lot, though. They they did, and it was pretty awkward at times. But there there were <laughs> you know, funny moments. So they make fun of everybody, and that's that's the beauty of South Park, and they always mm-hmm. have, and they always will. Uh, they they lost me when they started doing it like serialized, and it wasn't just one off episodes. Yeah, they've stopped doing that, and a lot of people okay, have that good. same opinion. And it wasn't great. It wasn't the most entertaining thing that they've ever yeah. done. Uh, and they did the like whole Trump storyline with like the the duck. I could just I don't know. Wasn't that good. <laughs> All right, well, end hour one there. We've got more text to get to. We can talk a little bit more X's and O's. And uh, big SEC news. Big, big SEC, SEC news. News. Yeah. news that I've really been on top of for years now, if you think uh-huh. about it. so It's meaning more than ever. Validation for TJ. We'll come back. We'll tell you all about that and have a fun second hour. This is KRC on the Big X. We'll be back. Here we go. It's Friday, Friday. I'm free again. I got my motor
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, tune in radio app, 7 to 9, replay the show 9 to 11. Tell Alexa, play Big X Sports Radio, and catch us on podcast. Plenty of ways to listen to Kentucky Roll Call with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. I hate starting this hour with some bad news, but boys, I got some bad news. Oh, no. Oh, boy. And Roush, this may this may be Spanish to you. It may this may not this may not make sense, but well, good thing I, do, I have no broken Spanish. I do know that it will make sense to Scooch, who actually does understand and speak Spanish a little bit. A little bit, um, a lot of bit. I'm super good. Okay, well, muy you know, bueno, muy bueno. The <laughs> little humility goes a long way. Scooch. No, I don't have to have any. When I constantly get told by Hispanic speaking people or Spanish speaking people. That I speak good Spanish. Yeah. Well, great. I'm happy for you. Uh, we could have the Spanish hour with Scoot, where you could just talk Spanish for an entire hour. Vamanos. Well, Scoot, I know you're familiar with the sweetheart dinner at the Galt House. This oh, yeah. Weekend. Oh, yeah. Been hearing Mac that Powell. commercial like crazy. Mac Pal, is this ringing a bell for you, Ralph? I'm a new creation. I'm, I'm a new creation. Yep, not ringing a bell for me. <laughs> it's a commercial that's been playing on the Big X for Scoots. How long? Two months, maybe? Three oh, months? yeah, probably at least two months. I mean, it seems like it's been on there since like around Thanksgiving time. Mac Pal, a sweetheart dinner at the Galt House, which is Saturday. We've heard this commercial for so long, February 11th. It seems like it's been so far away. Well, it's here, baby. But the bad news, Scoots, it is sold out. Oh, bummer. I was, caramba. I was looking to get tickets today. You can even get a whole table. They, you know, in the advertisement, there. If you go, if if you go to wjie.org, it there no more tickets available. So. The sweetheart dinner is probably going to just be wild. What do you think the average age is of the folks going to the sweetheart dinner is, Scoots? Um, I'm going to say somewhere around 54. Yeah, I think that's a good guess. I, yeah. mean, I think you'll have a few younger people, but mostly mostly older folks. So, yeah, uh, it's sold out. Mac Pal, great job singing I'm a New Creation there, Scoots. You too, buddy. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, you're probably a podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen on radio, you've heard this commercial. I'm a new creation, but it's sold out. Uh, hour two, we got more text to read on the show today. But as Roush mentioned, there's some huge, huge SEC news. Uh, this will impact football, basketball, everything. It'll impact the entire college sports landscape. But Texas and Oklahoma, this will be your last SEC season without those two in the fold because starting in 2024... They're it in, just everybody. means more. They're just in. Just means more. Um, yeah, it uh it, it's it's also funny too that this came out, I think a week after they said that actually it's done. Dead, D E D, not happening. Um, they couldn't reach an agreement on a buyout number between the two media partners and all that sort of stuff. 
but they they eventually did get it done, and I believe uh, the number is a hundred million that they're going to have to pay the Big Twelve to get out early. If I'm not mistaken, of course I pull out the ESPN story, and they don't have like the one thing that I wanted out of it. Um, Should have just gone to on three where there was the goods. On three's got it, got it going on. That's why it's called on three. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think the Big Twelve schools will get to split that amongst themselves. And yes, uh, the experts are saying it's a win for the the Big Twelve. I'm sure the SEC will be just fine. Yeah, yeah. the The big reason why you wanted to do that then, though, just from a we all thought when it got announced in 2021 at SEC Media Days, the news broke. Uh, from a Houston newspaper reporter that Texas and Oklahoma were going to go to the SEC. And people's hairs were on fire down in Hoover. It was a wild scene, that final day down there. But everybody there thought that it would happen sooner rather than later for monetary reasons. And while that ultimately is the dollars and cents had to be worked out, from a practical matter, it just made more sense because in 2024, we're getting the new expanded playoff. So – it it would be weird to have to not have everything in place when that's going on uh, because when you bring in Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, you're just changing the scheduling format. It would be weird to try to operate under a new norm when under this new norm, it's only going to be there for a year. Uh, and then the Big 12 would go from a 14-team league to a 12-team league and the SEC would go from 14 to 16. So it's good that we're all just kind of starting at square one um, I have not. Is is do we know UCLA and USC is happening? They they will be their first conference season in the Big Tw- Big Ten will be in 2024 as well. Okay, see that's so it just it makes sense. So I'm glad they were able to figure it out from that standpoint. Um, but if you saw the number yesterday uh, about revenue distribution, I have a feeling that Texas and Oklahoma will do just fine um, having to pay that money out. Yeah, uh, they, they, if the Big 12's happy, then good. The SEC will be fine. Uh, the sooner this happened, the better. They announced yesterday that the SEC has given $50 million to each of its schools yeah. for the revenue so, sharing from this past uh, cycle or whatever it is. It was just, just shy of $50 million per school. It'll With, probably go up by the i mean it's definitely going to go up by then too so basically they just have to forfeit a year of sec money to pay off a year and change to pay off what they're doing to leave the big 12 yeah and that's uh that's it that's exciting the sec divided over 720 uh, around 722 million of total revenue for the 2021-2022 fiscal year uh that's 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 great and once you get texas and oklahoma in the fold and you get their what they're going to generate, that number's going to be bigger and maybe even bigger by a decent margin. So that's good news for SEC programs, uh, especially in the world of nil, where more fans and donors may be kind of divided on where exactly their money is going to be going to get the conference to give that sort of kickback is a big deal. And sweet, everybody, let's enjoy the SEC East and the SEC West for one final season because it's going to go kaput yep. after after this uh, 2023 campaign. So the Cats are going to have to go out on top. Yep, and we initially are, not initially, but like the old conversation of rivalries, we don't need to do it today. I don't want to do it today. 
Um, but that's that's definitely going to be brought back up. Um, Bud Elliott had one that was just uh, – it's one of the worst I've seen um, as far as like, what's that new SEC schedule going to look like? Having Kentucky, while, while I think it would be palatable for Kentucky fans, um, Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi State, and Vandy, I think were the ones. Like, okay, that's that seems pretty easy. But like, thinking that – Kentucky's arrival with them is just kind of hilarious. No, it was, well, it was almost Mississippi State and South Carolina. That was one. That was one thing that you saw. That was Bud Elliott who put it out there. Very well known Kentucky hater, Bud Elliott. He just does. He has no regard for Kentucky whatsoever. So um, when he did his little exercise, he just didn't care who he matched up Kentucky with. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be that. I wonder if they will do that though. The nine games, three rivals. Yes. Yeah, that. Um, I know Mitch would complain was... about the rivals. Like, if they do the rival thing, then people are going to complain about it. And then, if a team, and then they'll probably just do what, like the highest ranked teams are going to be in the SEC championship game, or the best two records will be in the probably SEC. Probably best winning percentage, and then playoff ranking would probably. That's be what. I, that's what. That's one thing that I do think is a good idea is doing playoff ranking. Uh. But can get a little wonky, but then people are just going to complain about it. Tennessee will have Alabama as one of their rivalries, and mm-hmm. they'll cry about it forever like they already have. Mitch was fighting really hard to keep it at eight games because there was a lot of momentum last year at the spring meetings that it was going to move to nine, and Mitch kind of stalled that and got a lot more people on board. So he's using his – like we give Mitch a lot of crap this is like the one time he's just like, I'm going to do everything I can, everything in my power to keep the SEC at eight games with only one annual arrival. I I, I don't know how that's going to turn out. We won't – I'm not optimistic about it because everybody seems to think that nine is the way to go. Fortunately, he, he got Saban to at least buy in um, and say, all right, let's wait and see what everybody else does instead of being the first because – if, if not everybody's going to go to nine games, why should we go to nine too? Why should we make it harder for ourselves to make the playoff than what it already is? We're playing in the SEC for crying out loud. So we'll get more clarity on that um, in May because now, now they actually have to make a decision with it coming in 2024 because they will, re- they will release the 2024 schedule like this fall. So you, you have to have some sort of consensus. If you don't have it in May – then you would probably have it when they kind of start to get together around the SEC media days. But we're going to have to get something definitive instead of just keep continuing to kick that can down the road when it comes to scheduling. Yeah, and that's that's exciting because this is the first time you're getting a new you're getting a new system or a new format, and then you're setting a precedent for what maybe you're going to be doing going for, forward. Uh, it is exciting and. What I would like them to do, and it's almost certainly that they're not going to do this, is just whatever – and good good on Mitch for fighting the fight for eight games. I won't really care if it goes to nine games, and ultimately I think that's why – I mean, it's going to. Just money's going to prevail. They're going to see the additional revenue from a ninth SEC game, and they're – Eventually, that's what they're going to get to. Even if even if they hold yeah. it off for a little bit longer, right, right. Uh, that will sooner yeah. rather than later be the case. But one thing that I would suggest them doing is like, don't lock yourself in to any one thing necessarily. 
and I don't think it'd be a bad idea to set up some system where, all right, here's your locked opponents, but we're only doing the locked opponents for four years. And then, you know, or you could do five years, whatever you wanted to do. But one graduating class, and then we'll do a reset. And you will get three new locked opponents that you'll see every year with the rotating door. Now, that will be tough because how will the rotating door work yeah. with the teams where you're still wanting to make sure you're playing everybody? Uh, I still think there's a system you could do it. But the best thing to do to make sure people aren't going to complain that, oh, our locked opponents are too hard, their locked opponents are too easy, then don't let them be handcuffed like UK has been to Mississippi State for two decades at this point. Switch it up. Switch it up every so often. And I would really love for them, when they do switch it up, all right, where have the programs been over the last four years? Uh, all right, you all have been at the bottom. The bottom's going to be playing the bottom for the next four years. You all have been in the middle. The middle's going to be playing the middle for the next four years. You've been at the top, and you've been competing for national championships, SEC championships. You've been in the college football playoffs. You guys are going to be competing against each other for the next four years. And then based on how that goes, while still obviously playing every team in a rotating capacity outside of your three locked opponents, then once the reset happens in four years, then we'll redo it again based on where you've been during that process. I would love for them to have a little bit of nuance with their schedule making, although I can almost assure See, you that here, my idea will not happen. Here, The problem with it, TJ, is nuance and innovation are – um, not uh, associated with college football. They're they're very much steeped in tradition, doing things the old way. There was a lot of pushback um, when they did the original scheduling because they lost some rivalries. It, they were able to preserve most of them. Uh, whenever Oklahoma, or excuse me, A and M and Missouri joined, but like LSU, Florida went by the wayside. Um, that used to be a pretty big game. Uh, there, there's a couple more that I'm just blanking on right now, but keeping like Auburn, Georgia, keeping Georgia, Florida, uh, keeping Alabama, like there, there's some of these rivalry games that you just won't, like if you get rid of them, then you might as well not play football in the eyes of some of these people who have been watching SEC football for years. So like I, there, there are going to be some, like that's where it's going to be difficult is it's like, which rivalry is so important that we can't get rid of and which one has to go on the chopping block because there's just there's just going to have to be some that are on the chopping block and I I think Auburn Georgia is one that's that's vulnerable um, because Auburn has plenty of its own rivals so I'm I'm fascinated to see how they ultimately pick and I'm the the fallout from it is going to be so much fun because man that's going to be a great day to listen to Fine Bomb. You're you're totally right that they're going to have some issues they're going to try to probably minimize those issues the best and most that they can. But it's not like if they have to get rid of Georgia-Auburn, it's not like they won't ever play. And if they do the system right, you probably would be playing everybody in the SEC ideally every two years. And mm -hmm. then, you know, every four years it'd be you're getting one of the teams in your hometown and you're going to the other place in a four-year yep. window. So you'd still get the games. You may just not get them every single year. But you are right where – there's at least going to be some sort of guaranteed protection where like the iron bull will be in every year game. They're not going to yeah, let that one right, be like, right. yeah, just a casualty towards the conference. You'll get it every other year though, which I do think at the end of the day, that wouldn't be the end of the world. I know for some fans easier said than done, but if, if they just make the, when the game does happen, even that much more electric and that much more exciting, 
but you're right. There, there, there will be some that will not be able to be saved, but there will be some that I think that they will move heaven and earth to make sure that they can play it annually. We'll, uh, we'll see. I just hope uh, Kentucky, if they do do locked opponents, Kentucky's are beneficial and borderline easy. And if they're not, then I will definitely complain about it and make a big stink. So quickly, what, which which three would you prefer? The easiest. Do you have like a, a preference or, or Vandy, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. Okay, okay. I kind of Ford is the one that's going to be tough to keep, but I've really enjoyed turning the tables on them in recent years. Um, I would like to keep Vandy. Um, and and oddly enough, even I'm so I have a, I have this weird I'm scarred by Tennessee, but I I want the chance to beat them. But I wouldn't mind it if it was if it was on a rotating basis and not an annual basis. Yeah, it seems like Tennessee would probably be locked in for Kentucky just from a geography standpoint. Maybe Vanderbilt would be locked in too, and then who they go with the third. If you're talking about it from that sense, that would seem to be the best. They're but... definitely going to keep Tennessee, Alabama, and they'll probably, to throw them a bone for playing Alabama annually, is give them Vandy. Um, and that makes sense from a geography standpoint. That's... Then third up, it's like, well, do they give them Georgia? Do they give them Kentucky? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know which one it would be. I would think it would be one of those two. And the Tennessee fans, uh, well, you know, it's not like South Carolina's too terribly far away from Knoxville either. But you think from Tennessee fans' eyes, what what a difference that could make. Where yeah, right. you get Georgia, then you get Alabama and Georgia, and you're rotating doors. It would be tough to imagine anybody would have any tougher locked opponents, even with throwing Vanderbilt in as the third. Where if you got Kentucky, Tennessee fans would look at that and be like, wow, we get locked in against Kentucky and Vandy every year. Even if that does mean we get Alabama, they would probably look at that as a gift, which uh, hopefully Kentucky keep working towards and not letting it be such an assumption that Tennessee is going to win that game. Although it would take multiple wins for UK for Tennessee fans to ever really view UK as a equal. And UK's got to do a better job of making that a, a reality. They've had some chances, but come up short too often and then of course this past year was a step in the wrong direction but uh you get them at the Krogue this upcoming year we'll teach them a thing or two about a thing or two am i right am i right that you normally you'll say yes that's right that's, that's right said. That, there we go i was waiting for that any, anything along those lines yeah that all oh, that's good uh all right what do we got next on the thornton's text line uh 502-414-1450 that's the number to call on in um and that was how that's how I try to buy time when I'm scrolling up. Scooch, going back to the whole Raven situation, I think they call that the liberal look. Please see Demi Lovato as the worst transformation of them all. R.I.P. You'll have a good one. That's from Lee. Demi Lovato's dead. No, she just she just got the liberal look, like uh, like Raven. Oh, and he also good. he also hit me up and also shared Emma Watson has gone down the hill. So no good. Gone down the hill. Emma Watson from going down that hill. By the way, watched uh, the first episode of season four, Stranger Things, last (laughs) night. (laughs) Of course. What'd you think? It was good. It was good. I'm, I'm still, I'm a little confused, but it it tied some things together from the from the last season. So I was, I was happy about that. I mean, how did you not see that coming, though? No, I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Did you all see Madonna at the Grammys? Did not. 
not good. We're back to doing a vid- uh, visual radio. Uh, Scoots, there is, uh, I'm going to look it up, but Scoots, there's an episode that's going to blow your mind in the season. Really just really blow your mind. Looking forward to it. Emphasis mm-hmm. on blow. He's giving you a little hint. Um, what, so she, what? that's Madonna? That's Madonna. It, it doesn't, does it look like Madonna? She looks like Ty Winyer's bodyguard. Her face is like wide. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I don't know what she looks like, but it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. A texter on the Thornton text line says, "When looking at the schedule, what games do we absolutely need to win to get in the tournament? Like games you can't lose, otherwise it's wrapped." We already answered that. That was a recent. Sorry. Tomorrow. I forgot your all's thoughts on this back when it happened. A kid literally had his mom video record him deciding between Trinity and Saint X for the school he'd be attending to play football. He then posted. To Twitter, like it was this big commitment ceremony. Is it me or is it pretty dang embarrassing? Uh, kids be kids. He's like, an eighth grader. He's having fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't see the video. You know, it's probably something that in hindsight he'll go back and 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 look back and regret it a little bit. But he's probably maybe he's just having fun with it too. Right. I mean, it's he's he's fourteen years old. Uh, where where do he pick? Fun. I like when people do the commitment ceremonies for. Uh, random stuff, right? Like they, they do the whole thing. It's like, am I gonna eat food from here or there? You know, um, or like if they're trying to pick jobs or something like that. Those those are fun too. It's just it's just fun. No no need to be an old man. Tell them to get off your lawn. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is. It's a good time. I hope he picks next though. A texture says, "Tough look for the more high school basketball coach." Yeah, that um. Ugh, that was bad. So I, what's the? Have you read up on the story about it all? Yeah, I need to get the scoop from Big Blue Drew though. He's he's the more connect. Uh, but this also didn't realize this dude was the guy that coached that Aspire team for a couple of years. But he's the head varsity basketball coach, and it was a middle school kid that like he like fought for the lack of a better term, got him in like a chokehold. So. Yikes, he was arrested for it, so not good. Two sides to every story, I'm sure, but, yeah, the, the headlines and the optics of that, not Just not, not great. great. Yeah. 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 What's your all thoughts on LeBron not liking the fact that everyone knows him when he walks out in public? Yeah, it wasn't a good quote from LeBron. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I get the sentiment, um, but, like, I, I'm – so some of the stuff LeBron says that's kind of head shaking worthy. I just let it go in one ear, not the other. It's like you know he, he talks all the time. He lives a different world than we all do. He's going to say some stuff that's head scratching. But it it would be nice to be like an athlete and have millions of dollars and not be LeBron. Be like a I don't know Juan Toscano Anderson for example, because he probably gets to go places and people don't recognize him. Like oh you're really tall, but they don't know who he is. Like they do with LeBron, that that would be nice. I would hate to be LeBron though. That's mm. what I, I was thinking. Juan Toscano Anderson, myself too. Like that's <laughs> the that's the sweet spot. Juan Toscano Anderson. I was thinking uh, middle relief, like long time middle relief pitcher. Um, you don't you don't know those guys. And they, they baseball, you make a ton of money. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. Hey, LeBron, he's got some better teammates now. I think all the were all the trades final. It felt like we got some more trades yesterday, though. Yeah, the uh, trade deadline was at three. It's correct. all over. Yeah. So at this time uh, yesterday, though, I think Jared Vanderbilt had already been shipped 
to the Lakers, but they also picked up uh, they they added some more talent. I'm loving my bet scoots. Uh, Kevin Knox got moved, uh, and hell, I even forgot where he ended up. He went from because he went to the Warriors, and then did the Warriors move him too? I don't know. The the part that was really confusing was John Wall getting traded to the Rockets, and I'm like, didn't he just like not play? Like they like paid him to not play there. Why would they bring him back? And it's like, oh, they traded him back just to waive him. So John Wall looking for a new home as a free agent. Yeah, I just kind of wanted him to be on a playoff team where like you could see him play a little bit in the playoffs. That'd be uh, obviously, fun. that wouldn't be happening at Houston. And he also just got done like crushing Houston, just saying his time there was not was not great. Uh, so yeah, it looks like he'll be a free agent. Trade deadline very confusing to me. It all happened so fast, mm-hmm. but. Congrats to all the teams that did good in the trade deadline and thoughts and prayers to the teams that did not do so good in the trade deadline. Mm. But, yeah, you had some cats on the move. Yep, moving all over the place. Speaking of on the move, Charlie Strong on the move again. Did you know where he was coaching last year? South Florida, right? <laughs> I thought that too. Or um, no, was it, it was, a, was an SEC play? No, it was – say it, I'll know it. It was Miami. Miami. Yeah. Um, I was because he he spent That's he was with fair. Urban Meyer when Urban did the Jags thing, um, and I only know that because when they did AEW at the Jaguar Stadium and Urban Meyer made an appearance, he had Charlie Strong in the offense or in the office with him for that little wrestling bit um, where he like gave him a phone to smash on somebody's head or something like that. Um, but Charlie Strong, he was the co-defensive coordinator for Miami last year along with Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele leaves for Alabama. And Crystal Ball hired uh, Lance Guidry, who I think was previously at Marshall and then um, got hired. No, he was previously at Tulane and then got hired for another job. Or no, Sorry, he was previously at Marshall, got hired to go to Tulane, was there for two weeks, and then Miami hired him over promoting Charlie Strong. So Charlie Strong said, hey, Coach Crystal Ball, take out your suck it and you suck it. Suck it. His direct quote was, Coach Crystal Ball in the program made a decision to go in a different direction. It's time for me to go in a different direction. So, Charlie Strong, one of those guys that I always – I never thought that his career would end up like this after he left Louisville because I thought he was a good football coach. And I didn't think he got a fair shake at Texas. And ever since then, it's just been job hopping. And it's it hasn't been pretty. So you said like a ton of schools, and then you set them in reverse order, and then you set them in other orders. So where is he actually? Strong. I was mentioning the guy they hired to replace Strong. So Strong was just at – he just coached at Miami last year. But where's um, he at now? He's just quitting, and he doesn't have a job. Oh. Yeah. He just announced, I'm done. Suck it, Crystal Ball. Well, he which, won't. he'll get a job somewhere. Which, whenever I said that, reminds me of the, the bald dude from Bernie. Uh, crystal ball not not familiar but i'm sure it's an amazing reference being much bernie or no what damn it barry barry not bernie bernie Uh, sander documentary no barry oh barry oh barry yes big big barry fan oh it's crystal crystal ball uh never watched the recent season though got a little dark for me so you just stopped watching we like quit after two or three episodes oh heavens yeah Oh, Jeez, we'll just having some good television. 
Texter says, good morning, TJ. I think it's time for Oscar to come off the bench. That's why I wish Cal would have played Hugo more earlier in the season. Need a shot blocker. I have no confidence that this team can get it going. I'm sorry to sound negative. Cal mentions Wheeler postgame. I don't think he could have helped. I'm about done with Cal. His managing of the lineup all season hasn't made sense, and I've got so much to say because I want your opinion, but I'll keep it short. Have a great day. Suck at Louisville and suck at Roush. I just – when people say Hugo, I don't know why – like, isn't it just Damian Collins at the five? Well, he obviously just, I don't think, was in the right mindset in November and December. And right, but... In but, the process of losing all that weight. But now, though, I'm just like, yeah, yeah just play Collins. Yeah, I still think Hugo can give you even more shot blocking and probably has more potential as, like, a college five. Maybe, maybe not, but... Uh, yeah, you know, Damien's playing well now, so I, I, I've got, a, I've got a, a couple takes on this text. I don't know if we should just go to our last break or if I should just get them all out. But um, Maybe just fire them off, and then we can really chew on them during the break. Okay, so give you something to chew on. Nice nice and chewy. I, I agree that just the, the roster management all season hasn't really seemed to make a, a great deal of sense. Uh, and it's been frustrating. Do I think it's really changed big picture stuff with this team? Probably not, because you'd have to pick the games where, like, if you would have played the right rosters, you would have won this or you would have won that. And I just don't think, in reality, it's really changing things in a big way. But the lack of development of some guys earlier in the season to get to this point where you could potentially use them, I think was a mistake. Um, I, again, I don't think it's so much like this guy needs X amount of minutes versus this guy needs other amount of minutes. But in the preseason, the early season, these are just – you. I don't know how you didn't see a lot of potential out of you, Gunnar Kingsley, to think like somewhere down this year we could use this guy. Uh, when he's been in, he's been okay. I get it. These coaches see a hell of a lot more practice than we do, so maybe he's just totally out of place. But like all the minutes Lance Ware got, I understood you were putting him in there from a fighting standpoint, but that wasn't going – there was going to be no payoff from that later in the season. Not a single one. Mm -hmm. And now here you are in February with your best player just basically being a no-show the last several games. And you're not going to Lance Ware because you knew that that's not an option. Instead, you're putting in Damian Collins. And he's doing nice things, but one, where could that have been if he had gotten more minutes earlier in the year? And again, I get it. He, he was going through some stuff. But what about you got a Kingsley? And then even still, you're not giving those guys enough minutes. Uh, where, where things stand right now. Secondly, I would just try things differently. Uh, why not try Oscar at the four? I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but instead of putting him down into the paint where things are getting clogged and he's getting doubled and whatnot, why not let him kind of float? You're not going to have him shoot threes, and I understand that, but he does like shooting those 18-foot jump shots. Why not let him hang out around there if you want to put in Collins or Toppin, let them stay down in the post. Toppin's done fine in one-on-one -on, -one on the block. He's, he's not he's not Oscar good, but he is pretty solid at being able to get a mismatch or even if it's not a mismatch, get creative and crafty with the way he's going to score. Why don't you switch things on how you have the block and the interior of your offense looking? Uh, you still would have some issues with Oscar defending on the other end. I understand that. That's something that maybe you'll just have to live with. Some games are better than others in that regard. But just the lack of trying different things is where my biggest issue with Calipari has been this season. Just the lack of – or the, the, the consistent feeling to just keep things the same, hoping and waiting for them to click – 
when there is no noise, there's no click, there's no nothing, has just been a huge mistake from him. And again, Oscar has struggled. Not all of that falls directly on Calipari, the coaching staff. But why don't you try different things? All right, if he's getting double or triple team and all this length is bothering him, why don't you let him float and try somebody else down there? And if nothing else, the team opposing defenses are going to have to be – they're going to have to change things of how you're going to play him. And I have some people are probably listening to this and they're like, why you wouldn't take the best rebounder in college basketball away from the rim. You wouldn't take him away from the basket. I understand that thought process, but it's not like he would have to stand out there once a, another team's shot would go up. Then he could get ahead of steam and go out there and rebound that way. Uh, he's shifty. He's crafty. He's creative. I still think it could work. Just get him away from the basket. It's clogging things up. Uh, and that's not my end-all, be-all solution for how you fix UK's problems. There's plenty of other stuff. It's just one example of a long list of examples, Roush, where try something different and maybe you can see some results because when you just do the same stuff over and over and over again, it has not worked for this team. It's not going to work for this team. And if you don't find something that does work, you're going to miss the NCAA tournament with the returning national player of the year where expectations were a Final Four and a national championship. And that will be another embarrassing resume blemish blemish on his resume uh and and they're starting to to pack up but you got about another month of the season just try different things so texter i agree with you in a lot of the things that that you said i I could make the argument that kentucky's biggest problem is too many different things too many different changes i I wish i had the stat on all the starting lineups um but i have not like i I feel like you have to chart them because i feel like kentucky's had 10 different starting lineups in 24 games. Um, I don't know. I I strongly disagree. I feel like it's been pretty much the same starting lineup, and then eventually they took Wheeler out, and and we were happy about that. Yeah, but uh, the four or five, they alternated a lot, um, whether it was Collins. uh, Some of it's injury-based, too. But really, I think the biggest problem with this year is it. And and you were the, the the references you were making to were mostly post base, and I'll agree. Like the post, it's been the same pretty much the whole time. But the combinations that have been on the floor, it's felt like this whole year, Cal's just putting names in a hat and pulling out five and seeing which ones are going to be there, um, with one constant Oscar at the five. So so to your point, I think you it is valid. Like that's the last experiment he hasn't tried, but I do feel like he's tried just about every other one, and. Even when some stuff is stuck, he hasn't stuck with it, and uh, that. I mean, really. I don't just dis- I don't disagree with that, but I don't think it's really been as much versatility and changing things up as as you have, as you lead on. Like he, this team is just, and, and, and I, this is in defense of Calipari. This team is tough because it's almost like you have an offense and a defense, and it's like all right. Put the offensive lineup in. Oh, well, if you do that, you're going to just stink at defense. All right, we'll put the defensive lineup in, the lineup that's going to fight and play hard. Okay, well, then you're probably going to stink at offense. And he's just trying to find the right chemistry and the right chemical combination to be able to make it work on both ends, to be able to play at a high level. And now you're seeing, wait, maybe maybe the reason this concoction is not good is because of Oscar? We would have never thought. This was our bread and butter here. So it is a... He's having a tough time because it's a flawed roster, which is falls back on him, unfortunately for him. Yep. But he is trying different lineups in, like you know, the seven eight man rotation that he's 
keened in on, which I think he needed to go further outside that rotation, but neither here nor there. Again, I don't think that changes a big picture win losses of the season, maybe one or two here or there. He has tried different lineups. You are right about that. But now it's at the point where it's like, all right, is it is it Oscar's turn to maybe get he, – he may be part of the issue. Let's get him out, see where that goes. And Khaled, I think he's going to have a really tough time coming to that. Yeah, yeah. To that realization if that is where they need to go. But I do think that Oscar, he'll have another good game this season. Like, he'll have another oh, yeah, Oscar yeah. game. And he's going to finish issue. the the year as the NCAA's leader in rebounds, most likely, still. Yeah. Uh, despite his struggles. I just, you know it's a bubble team when it's February 10th and we're Cal's not even sure what lineups he's going to play. Like, that that that's why you're a bubble team. Because you, you haven't been able to figure it out and it's February 10th. And again, part of it could just be that the right answer does not exist because it's such a flawed roster. (laughs) And again, while that will stink, that still does fall back on Calipari because it's the roster he gave us. That's the roster he decided to to go to war with for this college basketball season. Uh, All right, let's go to our last break. We'll come back, last segment, do predictions, do as far, get as far in the text line as we can. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Roll DJ Walker. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Want to remind you about our friends at Shady Rays. Promo code Big X for 25% off. Just go to the website, shadyrays.com. You'll be impressed with what you see. Polarized sunglasses, blue light glasses, snow goggles if you're heading out on the slopes. They've got it all at Shady Rays. Check them out today. Do not forget the promo code Big X for 25% at checkout. All right, uh, just read as many texts as we can get before we do predictions here in about six, seven minutes. Um, sure, sure. All right. Texter says, Scoots is about to make $500 and just wants to bet with everyone. Mm, good point. Nick and TJ have been super supportive of me this whole time, so that's the least I can do is give them both 20 bucks. Yeah, and buy us lunch. And also, also oh, go ahead. If they finish seventh, which is traditionally in the playoffs, but lose the play-in tournament, who wins the bet? Scoots would. you got to make the... Correct. They, they got to make the actual eight-team playoffs. Yep. Uh, you do realize you can watch the play with your two eyes and record it at the same time. What's that referencing? They're talking about having your phone out. Um, but, like, yeah. I... Oh, well, yeah, you can. But, like, what are you more focused on, the play or the video? Yeah, and it's typically whatever's closer to your face. Uh, so, Indiana Tower here. Should Wolf give Payne another year? No, no, no. He's a great guy. He's doing his best. It would be horrible if they gave him another year. Or if they didn't give him another year. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, it, 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 does, it does sound like they're going to. UofL is in an incredibly tough spot with that whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if I were a L fan, I would be so out and frustrated with the whole thing. But sounds like they're going to give him another year. 
Um, have you guys seen or talked about what Ref Observer tweeted the other night? John Calipari also went after Oglesby at the beginning of the second half before an assistant intervened. Lots of officials do not want Kentucky games because of this. We all remember Higgins. Keep in mind, Kentucky fans, you were going uh, after national championship officials, not AU guys. Is this the unreason for an unfriendly home whistle? Ref showing Kentucky fans what's what? Um, maybe. Uh, did you see all the butt slapping that those ACC losers were doing for TV Teddy? Um, anonymously to Jeff Goodman. It was embarrassing. Embarrassing the way these they kiss these refs' ass when they are so bad at their jobs. They don't deserve the compliments they receive. A big conspiracy theory guy. Yeah, I've got no doubt that like officials just don't like Calipari, so they don't give Calipari a friendly whistle. And I also don't think Calipari's strategy of just screaming at everyone is always the best way to go about making more friends in the official business. That being said, I also don't think I could bring myself to just – Buck kissing. I did not see what you're talking about, Roush, but yeah, I don't think TV, I could also bring myself to do that. They're keeping TV Teddy out of the NCAA tournament uh, for the second straight year, and ACC coaches anonymously talking to Jeff Goodman were just like, I don't know why they would do this. He's the best of the best. Just, uh, it was disgusting. Yeah, it's uh, not good. Not a good situation there. A texter says, Roush confused Calipari with Patrick Ewing, thinking he's 85 inches tall. Mm, yep. Let Roush using Mustang math jokes begin, LOL. Um, don't know the Mustang math jokes. Indiana Tim here. If UK was in Indiana, Indiana would be the best state. Yeah, now, best in the state. Yeah. Get him, Indiana Tim. No. I mean, Indiana is bad. He's saying, I mean, it's not a total compliment of you of Indiana. That's students. true. That's true. I'm, I'm happy UK's not in Indiana, Indiana, Tim. But I get what you're getting at there. So Scoots also attended SU. Our man never ceases to amaze me. Such a storied life. I don't know what SU is. Not really sure either. But best probably even, just to move on. Even when that came in yesterday, I was like, what the hell's SU? Suck it. Good morning, fellas. Heard you talking about UK baseball, hoping they have a good season. But what about UK softball? I think UK softball is ranked in the top 20, and it should be yep. another year where they compete in the SEC and probably uh, just are on that tier just behind the real national title contenders, unfortunately. UK picked to finish sixth in the SEC East out of seven teams in baseball. In baseball, yes. Softball will have a much better year. But, yeah, baseball, it's not going to be good. It's almost like we could see this coming for the last three years. Texter says, Scooch, you need to swallow your pride and reach back out to IU girl. Fill her in on all your accomplishments since you all broke up. Bring her to the radio studio to woo her. Now, this is a good idea. Yeah, so she recently just got married to a pretty handsome fella, and she is was also a super diva. So I don't really want anything to do with her anymore. A good I, idea. Well, you know, marriage, big whoop. Maybe she's not happy in the marriage. I would reach out and just be like, hey, just be reaching out to see how you're doing. It's never, when has a ring ever stopped you before? Exactly. It's never stopped me in the past. Do, do, do. I'm it good. really hasn't. I'm good on all really, that. Really hasn't. All right. Well, good. It sounds like you're going to reach back out. Negative. We'll think about it. We'll talk about it. Ride the bike more. Body isn't the same post-baby. Is Roush trying to leave subtle hints? I thought the same thing, Texter, and it wasn't so subtle if you ask me. No. 
Suck it, Texter. A little another, cardio. Another one says, we finished really strong last year. Mingeon said Wednesday during the Wildcats media day. We went 9-6 and six in our last 15 games. Only four teams in the league were able to do that. And quite frankly, we need to build off that. Sounds like a promising season ahead. Oh, my gosh. Not good. It's not, it's, it, it is not going to be a good baseball season, everybody. Nope. And they really they have a pretty easy out of conference schedule, which I'm I'm totally cool with. SEC so tough, may as well be. So you, we'll get a pretty good idea early on. But I think last year they even still did okay in the out of conference schedule. But then SEC's tough. You can't just be a mediocre baseball team in the SEC. You'll just get annihilated. Annihilation. Absolutely nutty night in coaching. I know my Highlanders texts have been a bit much, but we were down 13 to nothing to start the game. was down 16 in the third quarter, and we won in overtime, 85-78 against Eminence High School. One of Eminence's dads was so ticked off at one of the officials, him and his son, player on the other team, followed him out to the parking lot and started shoving him before we got it broken up. What a freaking loser, quite literally. Amazing win for the squad. Yeah, it sounds that like that guy should be... Uh, have charges pressed against them. Yeah, like that. It's one thing to talk about how awful officials are. It's another thing to get physical with them. That's just so disappointing. Like, be an adult. Am I still here? Yeah, be an adult. Uh, Black and Miles wouldn't stand a chance if Roush got free thorns for a year. <laughs> That's a great text. That is a great text. Oh, oh yeah. We, Black and Miles, very popular back in the day. Back in the day. John here. Good TJF morning, everyone. All right. Mr. Mahomes is now a two-time MVP. Wow, what an exciting, fun weekend for sports entertainment. I get to see my Chiefs play Trevor's Eagles for all the marbles. I got the Chiefs by 10. MVP will be a surprise pick, but I'll say Isaiah Pacheco. I've got him for a first touchdown prop, John. He will go for 125 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and go for another 85 yards in receiving and catching a touchdown. That'd be just a nutty game. That'd be incredible. Yeah, that, That'd be incredible. Yeah, Remember, the Eagles have a good defense, but they're ranked 28th against the run. Let's just hope we won't end up with too much laundry on the turf. But with the amount of money floating around, you never know. I got our cats by eight, and the MVP will be CJ. Anyways, have a great weekend and be safe. Got to go talk to you later. Good luck to your Chiefs, John. Good Another texter too. says, I don't think the fans are going to like this answer, but we need to hear it. Pick one, Scoots. Margot Robbie, Myla Kunis, Candace Parker. Man, this is really tough. So Myla Kunis, not really my type. A little too skinny for my likings. Margot Robbie's beautiful, but you all know Candace Parker's the answer. She's such a babe. And it's somebody you could beat in Jeopardy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> SU is Subway University from Saving Silverman movie. Have a great weekend, guys. A Saving Silverman, awesome movie. Very underrated. There you go. Subway U. I did go there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've maybe only seen Saving Silverman once, and that was many, many, many when years When Steve ago. Zahn is doing yoga naked and the phone's ringing, he's trying to answer it. So many funny parts of that movie. All right, let's do predictions for the game, and then maybe we'll do a Super Bowl Super Bowl prop bet too, if you can if you can remember it. Um, a lot of people are saying maybe we should have given Casey Wallace MVP for the Arkansas game; otherwise, UK would have lost by a thousand. But we'll probably yeah. give it to somebody on Arkansas. Yeah, I, would I give suppose it to, uh, Anthony Black would be the MVP. All right, Scoots, let's let's hear it. 
Oh, man. Cats roll this weekend. 80 to 62. And Oscar goes crazy. Okay. Uh, I will go. Gosh, I wanted. I, I, I don't. I don't think things are going to go well for UK basketball the next eight weeks. And I really wanted to pick Georgia, but it is John Calipari's birthday today. Happy birthday to the Hall of Fame head coach. I think they win one for him. I still don't think this is going to be a happy story for UK the rest of the way. But I'll say they get a narrow victory, 70, 78 to seventy four. And I'll take Casein Wallace. Oh man, you're making this difficult for me because I'm. I was gonna. Pick, I was gonna pick honestly until I found out it was Calipari's birthday like 20 minutes ago. I was gonna pick Georgia. Um. Yeah. I guess I'm going to because that's my best chance right here to get some points. So let's go. Georgia 69, Kentucky 67. Severe Wheeler has a big game against his old team, but it's not enough for a Kentucky win. Wow, not even taking a Georgia player to be the MVP. Nope. You remember old Terry Roberts? Because I can't name a I can't name a Georgia basketball. Player. <laughs> remember the old Roberts fella? He went off against Kentucky. Terry Roberts and Cal's had a tough time against Terry's this week. Really tough time. I'm gonna give you Terry Roberts, okay, buddy? Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, Super Bowl predictions. I'll just go ahead and go first. I, I like uh, I like the Eagles to win. And I think they may win comfortably, which probably means it's probably best to just take the Chiefs. I said it earlier this week. Give me the Chiefs 27-23 score. Uh, Chiefs 31, Eagles 21. All right, I'll make my score 34-26. I'm just betting Mahomes win MVP. It's not great juice, but it's still you're getting plus money for it. So if the Chiefs win, he's going to be your MVP. We'll send out the official KRC parlays for Saturday and Sunday, so make sure you're following us on social media and that sort of stuff. Uh, but I do like the Pacheco first touchdown. First I like touchdown score. I like Mahomes over 38 and a half passing attempts. It's a lot of passing attempts. He, he had mid forties last game and majority of the games this year. Yeah, but John tries to tell you that they're going to be able to run on the Eagles. I'm not scared. Okay. All right, well, we'll make them official over the weekend. Everybody have a good weekend. Let's see if this UK team can draw us back in again. I certainly hope so. I'm a sucker. I'll fall for it again. Have a good weekend. Be safe. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker. Oh, okay. Have a good weekend. Okay.